life is very fragile and life comes at you very fast. So the more you can kind of be present and focus on the gifts that you give, the better you're going to be as an entrepreneur. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. I've got the co-founder of Rumble Boxing with me today, Noah Neiman. And man, can he tell stories. This guy is full of energy. He goes from one thing to another. And I'll, I'll tell you something. I don't remember ever writing down so many quotes that I needed to use again for something else. The stories that he brings to us are inspiring. And he tells us why relationships are so important in life. He's had his own challenges, but he's also overcome them. And this is something you're going to want to listen to maybe even two times over. Anytime you're feeling down, pop this in and it'll make you feel good. Everyone, welcome Noah Neiman. Well, everyone, welcome Noah Neiman to the show again. But we're here, Brilliant Thoughts, Success Magazine podcast. This guy's a badass. Just do me a favor. Follow him on social. Look him up. This guy is just, he's real. And he's such a nice human being. And he cares. You're ruining my rep. No, you're ruining my reputation. No, <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll take no, it thank back. Thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate you. No, I am. Uh, I dude, am. Man, all the research I did, like, there's no fucking way you like done so much great things. It's so cool. It, did you talk to my mom before this? <laughs> I did. She's my greatest, my, my greatest agent ever. Is it William Morris who? Endeavor who? CA who? A Jewish mother, Rosalind Neiman. She's the only reason why I get so much press. And and so <laughs> she's like, Noah, my boy. Oh my gosh. And then she told me all about sixth grade. I'm joking. Did I have no idea? No, I love it. Uh, we can we can talk about that. I, I listen, I'm atoning for past sins. I wasn't always uh this upstanding citizen of the uh, pillar of the community, as you see now. I uh, funny, I've had some I've had a lot of struggles in my life. I'm just fortunate to be here right now and uh talking to you. So thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Well, struggles are, are, are what make us we're, uh, who we are right now, man. To, I to totally agree. Mold us. Yeah. With that, let's start with the important thing first. Yeah. Your background. What about it? You've got, uh, there you go. You got punch out, man. Come on. That's my favorite. Mike Tyson. I spent many a frustrating hour trying to beat Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson punch out. Um, <laughs> so, no, I grew up. I mean, boxing has really been in my life since I was a kid. And um, why I got into martial arts and training was I have really bad ADHD and ODD, oppositional defiant disorder. So one of my therapists when I was a kid, he was like, "Yo, anytime you're feeling angsty or aggressive, why don't you punch a pillow? And I was like, you know, growing up with Mike Tyson's punch out and stuff, I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why don't I just take up boxing? Why don't I just take up martial arts? Why don't I try to alleviate my stress through athletics? And I found that the more I committed to the discipline and the training, especially with martial arts, especially with something as rigorous um, as boxing, the better I did, the better I could control my emotions. And the more I controlled my physical body, the more I could control my emotional body and my spiritual body. So hence why I love what I do. I get to bring this to the masses uh, with Rumble. 
uh, boxing. So, you know, it's a blessing. It's definitely a blessing because like we said before, you know, without that struggle, without that chip on your shoulder, uh, you oftentimes have a hard time appreciating when you can make progress, when you can kind of dig yourself out of the hole. So I'm just blessed to be here, man. I'm just blessed. That chip, that chip really allows you to create clarity and it allows you to get through what most people consider challenges, hard times, right? Because that becomes like the reason you're just going to do this. Yeah, it's true. What's, what's that old adage? Like fall down seven times, get up eight, which doesn't make sense. It should be fall down seven times, get up seven times. But if that guy who coined that phrase can become a success, then anybody can be successful. That's for sure. That that guy came up with the dumbest, the dumbest phrase ever. And he will forever be in the rafters as the creator. So So you can do it too. I love this. Uh, Well, Rumble, man. How did did this all get started? Because now I'm seeing it everywhere. It's like all of a sudden it's like 300 locations, man, across the world. I mean, shout out to Anthony Geisler and Exponential for helping us bring our little baby from 14 signature stores, we call them around the big city. So it started, I mean, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. it started in 2017, but it really was a culmination of the co-founder's experience for the past 20 years, building relationships in New York City, building our uh, trust, our reputation, um, honing in what we wanted to bring uh, to this space, which is obviously the gym space is a highly saturated space, especially in New York City. There's a gym on every block. Nine out of 10 gyms are going to fail, unfortunately. And so... Truly, Rumble is the embodiment of the founders. We had a very clear vision and we had a big squad, a really strong squad that we that helped executing on that vision. Who are the founders? So Eugene Rem, who is I have funny stories about him. This is a full circle moment. I've known him. He went to Hofstra, my school. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about him later, but he's a genius in terms of hospitality. Uh, he's a genius in the restaurant industry. Uh, he just um, partnered with Tillman Fertitta and sold his restaurant Catch, which is going everywhere. Uh, it's one of the oldest institutions in New York, but it's in LA where I'm at right now. It's opening up in Miami and his ability to curate great experiences in the dining world um, is one of the reasons why you see a lot of those hospitality points within Rumble. So I talked about Rumble just being a, a complete embodiment of our background and what we wanted to see in the space. Uh, this kind of Simon Sinek approach of start with why, like our why was very clear. And then you have Anthony DeMarco um, and Andy Stenzler to round out the founding team. So four founders we met, they tried to court me in uh, Soho House Meatpacking District in New York City in 2016. And I originally said no, actually. Uh, fear almost got the best of me, fear of starting something new, fear of losing what I had built coming from um, a really dark place uh, not not too long ago. And Rumble almost wasn't a thing because of, of that fear. All right, let, let's talk about that a little bit because it, yeah. our, our biggest audience here, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners, we all have this fear, man. It's like we 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 all live with it. It's like we're always trying to push it away. It's like it's creeping up, right? You're dealing with it then, right? That moment. What we deal what, with it every day. But specifically always, then, yeah, like that, that's, that's specific. like a, that's like decisive moment. What made you finally push over and be like, okay, I'm just gonna do this? What happened? Well, 
I mean, not to sound like a complete mama's boy, but I called my mom. <laughs> and my dad, like this big, tough, 205 pound, you know, trained martial artist and lethal weapon loves his mama. No. So I actually, that was one of the tipping points because why I work so hard to build a name up and a reputation up with, uh, uh, in my own industry in New York city. I started with at Barry's bootcamp. I was the master trainer for them for a few years building up my own name. Uh, it was honestly just to do my family proud because, I mean, I've been referencing this dark moment right before I moved back to New York in around 2011. Um, I went through the worst probably year and a half of my life with depression, anxiety, drug use. And I remember the breaking point was um, I was dealing with some fam- like some family members were sick. And I was kind of lost as most, you know, 20 somethings are, uh, I just didn't deal with it well. So I went the other way. I forgot my training. I for, I stopped training jujitsu. I stopped working out like I did. And I started doing drugs and I went down this deep spiral and I let depression as it often does get the best of me. And I was very fortunate because I remember I woke up in the hospital one day. Um, and I remember looking at my mom, my sister, my dad, my brother, you know, my nieces, my nephew, my brother-in-law, all of these people who I adore who love me. And I remember seeing that concern, not even disappointed, just concerned look on their face. So that has truly been the motivating factor. So when I did eventually climb out of that hole with a lot of help from friends and family and timing uh, was right, uh, we can get into to that a little bit more in a second. The timing was perfect for me in the industry in New York City. Uh, I keep that chip on my shoulder. And I remember those faces at that moment because everything that I do is to make sure that I never give them that look again. And they never look at me in that kind of concerned way again. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a fight every day to do that and to keep making a, a mark on the world, hopefully a positive impact. But, you know, that's an entrepreneur's dream when you get to create something that wouldn't be there without you. And it positively impacts communities all across the world now let's talk about dude there's a lot to unpack there so i'm going to come back i'm going to come back as we build into this but i want to talk about relationships because you brought up relationships and 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 with uh eugene rem and and how his relationships helped but i want to talk about his relationship with you or or the other founders relationships with you how did how did that grow and how did how did they begin to trust you to be like, you know what, this guy, this guy's our, our fourth partner type of thing. I let my reputation speak for itself. I mean, that's the thing. I never had to sell myself and I never wanted to be a salesman. Um, I just wanted to be true to myself and who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Not who I was. Cause like I said, I was a little asshole, <laughs> like, but I knew, <laughs> but I knew that's true. I was, I was a selfish asshole and I didn't know. You know, when, when you're suffering from those things, it's all about you. How can I get myself? How can I? And there was a fundamental shift when I started training at Barry's. I was still having bad panic attacks, even in the middle of class, but I had to cope with it. I didn't have time to think about how bad it was. I didn't have time to do the routines that I did when I was by myself in like my parents' basement in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and think, oh my God, my heart's pounding. Oh my God, like I'm feeling very like disassociated. And you kind of reinforce that anxiety and that panic as opposed to, I literally had like 10, 15, 24, 60 people in class that I had to focus on when I was, my arm would go numb. And I'd sit there and I'd remember like holding my arm and I'd be shaking it out, but I'd be like, you guys got it, 30 more seconds on the treadmill. All right, let's squat. So that, that, no, it, but it, 
helped. It's it literally, I think, saved my life because when you start focusing on others, you'd be so surprised at what you get back. And I think that that's the underlying thing. And I mean, there's a few quotes that I always say when I'm doing podcasts like this, because they're so profound, so impactful. Like if it was John Oliver, like, and you, and you showed a clip of me on these podcasts, I'd be saying these quotes all the time because I can't find a better one. But the Steve Jobs approach of, of focusing on the product and not the profit um, has never rang truer. Because when you focus on the experience, when you focus on how the touch points of your brand or you as an individual uh, impact others, your bottom line generally, not always, again, there's other circumstances that have to work in your behalf as well, but you have a much better chance of not just success, but longevity, which I think is a very important thing. You know, Jay-Z said, do you want to be a fad or do you want to be forever? Rumble could have been a fad. And it, it, it came out really hot. Uh, we had a, probably 100 pieces of press. I was doing morning shows. I was doing magazines. I was doing all this stuff uh, before we even opened a gym. And that had to do with a lot of the reputation of the founders. Uh, people knew what they were going to get when they saw a brand that we were involved with. They knew the experience. So people were really excited. But then that put a big crosshair on our back with everybody, the, the players involved, the, the big name celebrities involved, the, the big build outs, the aesthetic of the gym. We had a, a really high bar that we had a uh, crush and we've done it. We've done it consistently. So yeah, I see that, yeah. man. You have done that so well. So how do you, you how do you then say you came out really fast? Everyone loved you guys. How did you continue that momentum? Because we've also seen the opposite. It's like, oh, and then it falls. Yeah, of course listen, you're only as good as your last sale. You're only as good as your last show. You're only as good as your last hit. So a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs get that kind of microcosm or that glimpse of success. And they think it's going to be forever instead mm -hmm. of waking up every day and doubling down on what you did before to make yourself successful and to put you in that position to be successful instead of, uh, just relying on your customer to carry you you have to fight this is guerrilla warfare you got to fight for your customer's attention now more so than ever coming out of the pandemic with the economy the way it is so you have to give them a reason to show up give you your their time effort their energy so we really focus on every day treating it like it's day one like we just opened that same consistent energy that same consistent brand experience so the customer isn't confused and we have a lot of people and a lot of checks and balances in place to make sure that those systems are operating you know within the clarity and the vision of the founders you know the vision that we came up with in 2016 before we even opened has the vision changed since then or is it still the same the essence of it hasn't. I mean, listen, I wrote on a composition notebook before I even got sat down at that meeting in Meatpacking District with Andy, Anthony, and Eugene. I wrote down, I wanted to do, I think it was three things. I wanted to punch things. I wanted to listen to rap music. And I wanted to do it with dope people. Oh, shit. I love that. That's three. That was the three pillars. And I think it's still in the training manual to this day. <laughs> it's not the most articulate. It was, it hey, was I want to punch it. It was like, I want to punch it. I want to listen to rap music and I want to do dope shit with dope people. That yeah. was literally the three things that I wrote down. And to this day, I mean, I still teach. I love teaching. That's my favorite thing. It's my, it's my therapy. Um, to this day, you punch it, 
we listen to rap music, although we add in the Bad Bunny and Taylor Swift too. You know, you got to round out the customer base. I get it. Uh, you know, we put the Biebers on and all that stuff. Um, and we do it with dope people. And we built a really cool community. I mean, I just got back from Sydney, Australia and I, to open up Rumble Bondi. Shout out to Rumble Bondi, that place. I don't know why I did that. I'm not a surfer. I Ooh, but, um, yeah, so I went out to Hawaii. Uh, that was a wild story too, because I got bit by the second most poisonous spider in Hawaii or in uh, uh, Australia, not Hawaii. Yeah, I got bit by the second most poisonous spider and I almost, I got a staph infection in my leg on top of being poisoned, but I still had like Daily Telegraph and all these podcasts to do. So I was doing it and I didn't realize how sick I was. Ended up in the hospital. That's another story, but we can get back to that if you want. But I was walking by the Sydney Opera House. Yo, Noah. And I turn around and I saw this uh, a group of people sitting at the table. There's like a restaurant overlooking the, the Opera House. It's beautiful. It's right on the water. And I walk over to this table and they're like, I used to take your class in New York in 2017. And I'm in Bondi. I'm in Australia. And I was like, it was such a full circle moment because it was so wild because I remember when I was in Pittsburgh sitting in my parents' basement, so depressed and like aimless and hopeless. I was like, I'm never going to be able to get out of this. I'm never going to be able to make an impact. I'm never going to be able to do anything. I'm, I got all this potential that my teachers have told me about, parents have told me about for my whole life that I didn't you know, actualize. And now I'm in Australia at the beautiful opera house opening up a rumble you know, and people have been affected by the brand you know, all the way over there could not be further from New York city. And it's just like, that's one of those moments that fills you again. It fills your tank up because as an entrepreneur, you're going to get depleted. You, you have to, to be successful. You kind of have to live a life of imbalance for a, a while. You know, and that's what people don't understand. Nowadays, everybody's like, Oh, you got to take care of your mentals and your, you got to have this balance and work life. And that's true. You do have to take care of your emotional state you do have to take care of, of, of your other obligations to yourself and to your community. But to be great at anything, you have to just, it, it's a matter of discipline and hours put in. And there's only so many hours. So if you look at the greats, I mean, if you look at, you know, the Mike Tysons, if you look at, you know, the Muhammad Ali's, they didn't have a balance. They literally, when they were training, that's all they trained. When you're building a business, that's sometimes all you have for a little bit. Um, so you have to really, again, find ways within that. And I've been very fortunate about, you know, we talk about the who you do things with, which is super important. The why is probably the most important, but the who's are going to help you ex execute on that. Why? Um, it's just, I've been very fortunate to be able to find that kind of work-life balance within the entrepreneurial ecosystem that I've built up. Like yesterday, I told you, you're, you know, you're out. Um, in Malibu, not to dox you, sorry. Um, it's a big, it's 21 miles, but I was out there too at Little Beach House and I brought my business partner who's in town from uh, New York. I'm a, I'm a partner in a restaurant called Honey Brains, which is this healthy, fast, casual spot that we're going to, yeah, oh, it's delicious. Is it in we're LA gonna, already or not? It's coming. So that's one of the reasons he was out there, but he's also just a very good friend. So okay. all week he got in on Thursday. I picked him up from the airport, which is true friend stuff. I don't know if you're from LA, but I picked him up at Lax during rush hour. Um, dude, right? Uber is guys, a thing, but you guys are long. close. Let me tell you, we might be actually married by, yeah, by, by LA yeah. common law statute. No, so I picked him up, and and we were able to go to all these restaurants and go to comparable businesses, and 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 it was fun for me, but it was work. You know, I I, I want to bring this restaurant, Honey Brands, across the world. You know, we're opening up in Saxes. Uh, hopefully, we're brokering this deal where we open up in a bunch of Saxes, Saks Fifth Avenues yeah, all yeah, across. Yeah. We have one in the flagship Saks Fifth Avenue store where I used to go with my parents when I was 10 years old. 
Um, yeah. So, but again, all these things, all these visions don't mean anything. If you can't find a big squad to help you bring them to life and consistently articulate that brand vision. The squad, uh, you said the the squad, the who's help with the why, right? You you said that. And I love that. Right now let's go deeper into that because you're also mentioning you need the right people to help you scale this vision. Right. And you said your reputation is really what sold you to other people. So you didn't have to sell yourself. How do we then work on ourselves daily so that we can attract the right people? Because that's a big challenge for a lot of us. Yeah, no, that's completely true. Listen, self-care is not selfish. And that's what a lot of people think. People think if they take that time, that hour to read, that, you know, hour to, to go to the gym, they take that time that whatever their therapy is, archery, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel good. It's not selfish. So again, another quote that I always say, you know, I got him tatted on my arm, Muhammad Ali, probably you see that right there. Muhammad yeah, Ali, yeah, the Bosky, Boskyat version of Muhammad Ali. He said, service to others is our rent for our room here on earth. Ooh. And that is another foundation of rumble. It's another kind of pillar of rumble, but it's very true. But with that being said, how do we better serve others? You know, like how does Superman fly faster? Like, I don't know. Like, does he like squeeze his butt cheeks harder? Like, I get that he flies, but how does, how does he go fa- faster? That's the wild thing. And that's the thing is how do we go faster? We have to invest in ourselves. How do we make a bigger impact? We have to be stronger. We have to be able to keep our emotions in check. And again, that generally happens for me. I've always focused on taking care of the one piece of real estate that we actually own, which is our physical body. So again, talking about building up reputations, I built my reputation up as somebody who used fitness as a tool of empowerment. And I did it in New York City in some of the biggest places in the world, you know, with Barry's boot camp. And I did it with um, you know, billionaires and politicians and athletes and celebrities. So again, I was very fortunate because there is a lot of incredible trainers that are incredibly knowledgeable. But I was put in a position where a lot of the people that I was taking care of and making them feel better about themselves and getting them stronger and getting them sharper mentally through, again, our our physical work, uh, just were in a position to help me. I remember training Michael O'Rourke from Hudson Media. And I used to do this sold out Saturday class where it was like 60 people at seven in the morning. And half the times I was so like tired. I didn't even want to be there, but I trust me when the lights turned low and the music came on, I greeted everybody at the door with a dap. It was showtime. And I made people feel great. And I remember this guy, Michael goes, Hey, I'm filming this series for Condé Nast. And uh, it's called uh, fighting weight. This thing for GQ when Condé Nast was first releasing their, their, uh, digital channel. And he was like, yo, you're such a great person. I had no media training. He was like, you're such a great person. Uh, you're, you're so energetic and you're so consistent consistency with your energy that that's the big thing, right? Consistency is the most important thing that people don't understand. Um, and we can talk about motivation over discipline after this, but he put me in, in this GQ thing, which got millions of hits on YouTube, which led to more press, which led to my own show on Bravo. But it all started with me consistently, whether I felt like it or not, delivering, delivering. Because trust me, there were days when I wake up, um, you know, girl troubles or my dog is sick or I didn't sleep or like family, I'm things going on with my family. And I didn't feel like being there. But the more I could get out of my feelings and the more I tried to, to 
not control them, but understand them and say, hey, I do feel this way, but take the stoic approach. I'm in control of how I respond to it. I'm not in control of always what's going on, but I am in control of what, how I respond to it. And I'm much better able to respond better if I take care of myself, if I eat right, if I sleep as best as I can, if I hydrate, if I mind my business and don't get into Twitter fights with people that I don't know from halfway across the world. Yeah, don't, like, don't do that. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. But like, it all matters. And that's all forms of self-care that we don't focus on. We focus so much on generating in the output that we don't realize that if we just took a step back and took that 45 minutes to train and work out as hard as it is, as hard as it is to I understand you got kids, you got bills, you got obligations, but all that stuff becomes easier. And you actually end up having more time because you have more energy. And when you have more energy, you can push harder when you need to, when it, it, you can call on those reserves when you have to. And hopefully you take that step back when you have time. And you find that balance again and you breathe and you recover and you come back stronger and you can push a little harder and you can delegate your time a little bit better. So again, I've always looked at it from invest in yourself and your physical body and everything else, mental, emotional, is much easier to hone, which is what you need as anybody, as a citizen, as a good person, right? I don't feel like being nice all the time, but I am. I am. Yep. There's times when I'm in traffic in LA and I want to just get out the car and I want to Hulk smash every car in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I don't. I'm just like, you know what? In LA, like perspective, perspective. And it's again, better, easier to control if you uh, train your physical body. So I love again, that. ADHD, I don't know where the hell we are going with this. No, no, no. I there, it is important. I There's you. some there's some gem in there. I'm, I'm leading it. So we got, yeah. I got. All right. Thank you. If I get too far off, just give me like a digital slap across my head. No, dude. I want to know yeah. about the spider. How the hell did you know it was the second most lethal spider that bit you? What happened? Well, I, I didn't know. You know, I, I, I'm i not Steve so, Irwin. May take, he rest in peace. Take me well, through I, this process. So, what happened? All right. So I get, I, get to, I get to Bondi and it was very important for me to fight jet lag. No jet lag formed against me shall prosper because I'm only there for 10 days in beautiful Australia. So I hit the ground running. I woke up 7 a.m. Uh, landing in Sydney. No, no jet lag is going to prosper. So I got right into my routines, which helps. I took my shoes off. I grounded myself in the sand over there, which supposedly, I don't know, uh, Captain America, I think he's got a show that he said grounding is very important when you're traveling. He's got like an Anthony Bourdain, may he rest in peace, uh, kind of travel show. But he was like, ground your feet. It'll make you feel better. So I took my shoes off. And I'm hanging out in this grassy area. I'm running on the beach and stuff. And I put my knee down to stretch. And I thought I put my knee on like a pebble or a rock. And I like, because it felt like a pinch. Not, it wasn't bad. But I quickly pulled my knee back. And I saw this like little like red back spider like scurrying off. And I saw it quick. I mean, it, it hurt my knee. I looked down. And I, I did kill the spider. Sorry, Peter. I, I was real mad. I was like, bah! I just gave it a little, a little kick. You, man, what the you well, of course. It bit me. So. I think nothing of it. I go for like a, a 5K run after I go through my whole day and then I go to jump into bed at night and my knee is like throbbing. It's the first time I noticed it. I look down and my knee is like the size of a great, I look like the elephant man. Like my knee was the size of a grapefruit. And I was like, that's weird because I didn't hurt it. Like I didn't twist it. What the hell just happened? And, but in the morning, I had a daily telegraph shoot. I had a daily telegraph podcast. I had all this stuff that I had to do. So I just kind of like with my one little peg leg, I just got through it. And again, the more I threw myself into what I had to do for the day, the less I thought about the pain. 
So I got through the day and I went to the urgent care at night and the doctor looks at me and his face goes white. And I'm like, uh-oh. And he goes, sir, you have to go to the hospital like right now. And I, because t- I told him the story and he was like, one, I think you're, you might be poisoned because the whole night I was like shivering and shaking, and sweating. And two, he goes, you could have like sepsis in your knee. It looks really bad. It's really hot to the touch. I was like the human torch, like the fantastic four. My knee was yeah. like literally flaming. Oh, and so I get rushed to the high, he calls ahead. I get rushed to the hospital. They start hooking me up to all these IVs and like, I guess, anti-venoms or something. Um, and uh, antibiotics and uh, that, that was it. So, yeah, but my whole leg was like just massive, massive leg. I had no, I had no like definition in my calf. It was just no ankle. I had no ankle. It was just one, <laughs> one big, like just barrel. So anyway, so yeah. So we, survived, this, we did, did it. it. Did it calm down? Like what happened after? Like how long did it? I had to go back to the hospital because the antibiotics weren't strong enough. What happened was, is I guess the spider didn't brush his teeth or something because he had a dirty ass mouth and I got a staph infection on top of it. So insult to injury, I got a staph infection in my leg on top of being poisoned so don't let me turn you off from australia i don't want to scare the americans because no, no, our, I, I was already scared australia of australia. Australia. Don't no, worry. as you should be listen everything yeah. in australia especially the little things that's the thing the bigger okay. the animal the, the cooler at least in terms of insects and snakes and stuff the smaller it is the more dangerous it is the more potent the venom is so don't be don't be scared that was a very all my friends in australia who've lived there for 15 18 years um they were like mate that's just the worst luck ever because i've lived here for 20 years and i've never been bitten i'm like well that's great for you buddy i'm like awesome great thanks you make me feel great i just like come here for 10 days and i get devoured but no we did it and listen we it ain't how hard you can hit it's how hard you can get hit and keep on going. That's Rocky. That's Sylvester Stallone, one of our investors, not to name drop, but when you have Rocky investing in one of your businesses, it you know provides you with a certain level of 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 just power and and, and excitement and uh, was that, energy. Was that previous to exponential buying rumble? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me, yeah. tell me the investors. So Eugene investor round help like grow this to get exponential to buy it. Oh well, I mean that's. That's a long story because we had COVID and everything. So what happened though is again, reputation. You know, Eugene through his 15, 20 years in New York City, whether it's Tenjun, whether it's Hatch, his restaurants, Tenjun was a club where he was taking care of all these high, you know, net worth and, and famous people that have big mouthpieces, or whether it was me building my reputation up at Barry's and training all these celebrities or, or VCs or hedge fund guys. Um, and again, we didn't really have to sell the horse because people knew about the jockeys. And again, we were very fortunate. We did in New York city to a lot of fanfare. So Eugene has an incredible black book. I mean, his, his ability to call everyone from scooter Braun to, uh, LeBron. Uh, Oh, I like that. I like that. I'm going to tell you that. No, but I'm saying like his ability to, um, to, to call on these people and say, Hey, I got this project. And then them instantly be able to say, Oh, I believe in you. Um, and he said, he, you know, told the people involved and I, you know, got my friends involved as well. And we just build up this really loud investor base of what I call fun money. You know, anybody, not anybody, but it's especially now it's, uh, it's easier to just go to a bank and say, Hey, I need a loan for my business. It's much harder to let your reputation speak for itself and to get these people that have big megaphones involved to help articulate your vision, which again, rumble we always say everything matters or nothing matters. So everything really had a lineup perfectly 
to, to make this thing happen, to lead to this exit with Exponential during the pandemic when we were obviously our 14 studios were shut down. You know, we had to shut them down. Obviously we had a pivot. We had to launch a whole digital channel. Like, so we launched a streaming service right in the mix of midst of the pandemic. We were doing anything we could. We were doing outdoor classes, whether it was a catch steak in New York with the outside uh, atrium, whether it was on the West side highway. Uh, we did as much as we could, whether it was doing IG lives that picked up a lot of steam and we're getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views being shared. Uh, we focused on giving the value during the pandemic. Our value was, hey, we can give you a great 45 minutes, the best hour of your life. So you can get out of your head. You can work out. You can train. You can throw punches, which is inherently empowering when you ball up your fists and train that fight response, which is ingrained in us, uh, fight or flight. And we just doubled down on, again, what we did day one. And we made a lot of waves doing this digital stuff. So when we reopened, we had a much easier time, not easy, but an easier time rebooting and getting our customer ma- customer base back but we were making so much wave so many waves digitally with our brand that that's what exponential bought they bought the ip so i actually own there's many ways to exit um but they we still own our 14 signature stores that's what i was saying before so the big ones the 66 6000 about square foot studios in la san francisco uh philly dc new york chicago those big stores those flagships and then they bought and we packaged the ip into a smaller 2200 square foot model where it was still the essence of the brand i mean when i tell you i went to bondi and you would have if you closed your eyes you would have thought you were in new york city chelsea you know january 9th 2017 at the opening again you don't want to sell hot dogs at mcdonald's so that's the thing is like we had that brand consistency where that guy who stopped me at the Sydney Opera House, when he goes to Rumble Bondi, he's not going to be confused because confusion kills the customer. If there's a, any disconnection in the, um, in, the, in the experience or any of the touch points of the brand, I don't care if it's the toilet paper you have in your bathroom, like everything matters or nothing matters. So that consistency, so it, it really helps turn your, your geographical limitations into your superpower. Because now you have a world to draw from because everybody knows about you and everybody knows that exactly what they're going to get. They're going to get, you know, the quarter pounder with cheese every time with the Royale with cheese, I guess, the quote Pulp Fiction, um, if, they're, if they're in the UK. What do, you, what do you go to for a quick bite? Because I'm assuming you don't go to McDonald's when you're like, oh, there's McDonald's. I'll go get some. Listen, I, I'm not one of those holier than thou trainers. That's like, yeah, I want to know what you eat. Your body is your temple and you have to put, you can only eat kale and ultra filtered. Water. Like I do what I want. Like I just, especially coming off this weekend, entertaining my friends, but no, I built that up. I went through a lot of ideations of, of training and eating personally for me. And I actually developed in, when I was trying in the beginning, I actually developed a really, I actually did a, a piece on ABC about male body dysmorphia uh, that just came out, which I think is important because it ties into the mental health elements of what we do in this kind of social media generation that as an entrepreneur, as a human, it builds up these really weird and warped expectations of reality. So anyway, for me, I did, I did the thing where I would like count all my macros and write down, like I had a chicken breast and I had a sweet potato, but it created a really bad thing, bad relationship with food for me. It works for some people. It didn't work for me. So I can only say, again, there's a thousand different ways to approach this. It's my, my route isn't going to work for everybody. So I just want to preface that and just saying, this is what I do. Um, I follow the 80, 20 rule. I crave healthy foods because 
what I do is so energy dependent that I have to have the energy. So when I do eat, I'm very in tune with my body. So when I do eat bad, I feel sluggish. I don't feel as sharp. And I really, a lot of people don't understand how kind of lethargic they feel because of the choices that they're making of the things they're putting in their body. They just don't know. And that's not their fault. They shouldn't know. They don't have kind of the barometer. They don't have the point of reference. I do because I'm so tuned into like how I physically feel. Like if I wait, it's like princess in the pea. If I wake up with a splinter in my toe, I can feel it. Again, that's a blessing and a curse in itself or, as well. Because or if you wake up with a bite from a spider, yeah, if you, or if you wake, yeah, or if you wake up with a bite, you're like really <laughs> no. But um, so what I do is I I did all that stuff to kind of which was important, like counting calories and all that stuff, just to understand what true portions were like and what I needed to eat to to fuel myself and not feel sluggish. So, but nowadays I just I listen to my body. But I've 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 done enough education about what I should eat and what works best with me and my lifestyle so that I can eat as healthy as possible, as often as possible. But I mean, I just come off a, came off a four-day bender. We were joking uh, because my business partner loves tasting all the pizzas. So we went to like little beach house. We went to Craig's. We went to Wally's. We went to all these places. I just had pizza for five days straight. Now I balanced that out. I ate some fish. I ate some, uh, some protein and veggies, but I wasn't like, you know, I think we have a, a tendency to, to go all or nothing. Like diet starts tomorrow mentality. And it's okay to have this kind of hybrid approach, especially to food. Eat as good as you can, as often as you can, right? Eat the veggies, eat the whole foods, eat the, eat the good proteins, um, eat, eat as, as little ingredients on your label as possible. But then when you go out to dinner, eat what the hell you want, right? Have fun, eat the cheesecake, do the thing. Like, right? It's just, like, it's for me, and again, why I think I was able to gain kind of this meteoric rise in a very saturated industry, being a, a trainer and a fitness personality or a personality. No, um, that sounded really douchey. Um, yeah, but I stand by it's it. Not um, nah, it sounds terrible. It's okay. Forgive me. Yeah. I, I think it was because I kind of, I looked at it fundamentally different than most people in my industry because I looked at it as not a way to get like a six pack or abs or to like, you know, look a certain way, but my kind of articulation of it and my why was I want to feel a certain way. So that's the ethos that I brought to, to berries, which was unique. That's the ethos that I brought to rumble, which was unique. And it became a really inclusive place with this kind of era of exclusivity because of all the names involved, you know, like I said, we had scooter and Justin and, and, uh, Jason Derulo, one of my very close friends who he's got 54 million followers. He actually came out to Australia with me as well. He's filming for the, uh, the voice right now. And so he coincidentally talk about like timing and reputation and, and your, your network can affect your net worth as the corny Instagrammer motivational speakers say, uh, which I don't like, I don't like, by the way, I'll fight them all. I I'm a, I'm a man of discipline over motivation. I think motivation is kind of very snake oil salesman because the shit that I do when I'm motivated is great. But when you're tired, beaten, broken, hungry, sad, like that's where discipline or the memory of discipline will carry you through as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a, as a husband, as a, that's what Jocko mother, said, as a father. Discipline yeah, over we love Jocko. We love Jocko. And yeah. Andrew uh, Huber, Huberman Labs. We love that stuff. Yeah. I'm one of those bros. Um, so yeah, so I was out in Australia and Jason Derulo pulled up to the opening and, and took class with me and was in, in, you know, posting. He's got 54 million followers. Like, 54 million followers. Like I would have to pay my boy if I didn't know him, like 
a million dollars or something crazy to post. But again, we've always been there for him. He's got to go on tour. Homie, I got you. Let's work out today. Let's let's train. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll train. We'll get your mind right. We'll get your body right so you feel good. Um, so you can do all these crazy tour dates that you have to do in Barcelona and Ibiza and all over traveling the world. So if you don't have the energy, you can't do it. And you can't be great unless you can consistently do what you got to do. So yeah, so so Garulo's out in Australia. Jay's out in Australia, and he's posting on us. And obviously that brings traffic, and everyone's excited about you know getting the opportunity to work out next to, to Jason Derulo. And those are the unique things about Rumble. But again, celebrity removed, we still make you feel awesome if if nobody's in the no no celebrity is in the room. So that was the thing. You might happen to work out next to somebody, and these people are involved and investors, um, or you just are going to get a great rock star treatment and you're going to feel like the rock star no matter what. And you're going to walk out feeling better and you're going to work out feeling challenged and you're going to work out knowing that you, you know, really did your job today to, to get your body tougher for to borrow. And those things are just empowering. And I'm not talking about, you know, building the abs, which you will do. It's one of the rumble at its base is one of the most effective workouts you'll get. And I'm not just selling that you punch things, you do the conditioning on the heavy bags, so you get stress out, we call it knuckle therapy. You get the, the strength training on the on the other side of the room and you listen to great music and it's dark so you're not feeling intimidated. You've got the red lights, you've got the lights going, you've got the black lights going on when the moments where you need to really, you know, it's like Coachella yeah. in a workout in like the best sense of the word without, you know, <laughs> I was going to make an like inappropriate check. Yeah, that keeps you like, going. You're like, oh, it's been an hour, damn. Yeah, because again, like I... I, there were many times when I hated working out, but I knew I needed to. And a lot of people who hate it aren't going to do it. And that's, un, that's understandable, yeah. especially with something like this, because they don't understand how impactful it can be to take care of your physical body. So it's my job to create the environment, to make them want to come out, to make them want to invest. And I know that if mm -hmm. I do so, when they go back into their own communities, they're going to be stronger. They're going to be better. They're going to be happier. They're going to be healthier. They're going to be better able to contribute. So Service to others is our rent for our room here on earth, but how do we better serve others? You know, we invest in ourselves. Dude, what a, what a, <laughs> right? a full circle moment, like you it said. It really is. It, it, there's so many full circle moments. Like the first person who, who taught me how to box was this guy, Brendan Francis, 13 years ago, a big Australian guy who used to train with Mark Hunt um, out in Australia. So to be back and I, he happened, I hit him. Funny world. The world is very funny. I call him up. I haven't seen him for a while, a couple of years, because he moved back to New Zealand with his wife. And I call Brendan, Brendan up and I'm like, hey, buddy, like, I'm in Australia. You're home. Like, are you here? He goes, no, I'm in LA. I was like, what are the <laughs> odds, bro? So luckily I got to see him because he was here. But, you know, the, these moments, again, you chase, chase relationships and not checks and, and don't burn the bridges because all we have is our reputation. Um, not every business is going to work out, but even the losses of business and the lumps that you're going to take, how you deal with that is also forming a reputation. So failure isn't the, you know, the end all be all. It can be if you let it. Yeah. But failure for me was the greatest, you know, motivator, the greatest driver of discipline, the greatest platform that I could have. Like if I didn't almost OD, I would not be where I'm at right now. And I, I don't suggest going to, to those depths. It's smart to learn from other people. It's smart to learn from your own mistakes. It's genius to learn from others' mistakes. So learn from my mistakes and, and just know that life is very fragile and life comes at you very fast. So the more you can kind of be present and focus on the gifts that you give, the better you're going to be as an entrepreneur. That's true. Very true. Let's talk a little bit about 
your why, because at the beginning you were talking about how you never wanted to be in that situation again, where your family is looking at you like very concerned, right? Yeah. yeah. How, I still get shit. Like I literally, I'll still like, I'll still get teary just thinking about that. It's so burned into my head and it's, it's again, a very Anthony Bourdain approach. He always talked about how his darkness was, was the greatest driver towards the light. And unfortunately, you know, it, uh, it didn't play out well for him, but the, the, the message is very true, you know, cause these things are going to happen. Life is very difficult. It just is. It is like, you know, it, I don't pray for an easy life. Like I work for the strength to deal with what life throws at me. If that makes sense, you know, because an easy life, like I've seen people with quote unquote, at least on paper, like easy lives are born into money there. And you, you know, it's a tale as old as time. They don't know what to do. They don't feel like they've created that wealth themselves or that value, I should say, themselves. So it leaves you kind of empty with all the access in the world, which is which is tough, which leads to a lot of emotional and, and mental problems. I've seen it a lot. So again, it, I think that you're going to take these losses and you just have to be able to toughen your chin up. There's no other way to say it. Like your first business is probably not going to work. Your second business might not work. Your fifth business might not work. But fall down seven, seven times, stand up eight, as that dumb dude <laughs> says, <laughs> as, as, as that famous idiot once said. Um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, as long as there's time on the clock, you're still in the game, mm. right? Mm. So most people quit fourth down, twenty yards to go, in you know, no timeouts left, and they just give up, even though there's 13 seconds on the clock, and that's a shame. That's a shame. And if I can press one thing, it's that don't let those failures deter you. Use that. Use the good too, obviously. But that's easy. It's easy to use the good things. Nobody needs help doing that. Everybody's fine when they're well-rested. They got their nice little matcha latte in the morning and they, they feel like doing something. But no, like what I remember, like what I said, when you're really struggling when you're you failed you know everyone has those you know garage moments whether it's bezos or or, or um you know whether it's jobs or nights um we all have those moments of i don't like i don't know what the hell i'm doing is this going to work out but again just like me being fearful of starting rumble you know i i, I i'm like Memento. I have all these important things tattooed on my body so I don't forget them. It says, Fearless minds climb soonest onto crowns, little Shakespeare line. And it's so true. It's not the absence of fear. It's because fear is a very real physical thing as well. It can literally stop you in your tracks. But if you can try to control it in your mind as much as possible, then you're going to ascend into, into much greater heights. So use the use the lumps as lessons. Uh, you know, dude, you're you're right on on that. I think. The ability for us to adapt to continual things that are happening to us and around us, mm -hmm. instead of converting that to like panic and negative emotions, turning that into what you said earlier, which is this is this is going to be a hard thing right now. It hurts, but how, where's the opportunity here? It's all again. Yes, you're so right. It's all about perspective. You know, it, it, it's it's not what happens to you; it's how you deal with it, and that's I think. You know, yeah. one of the most important things that I, you know, Marcus Rullius and studying, like, I think one of the most impactful things that I did as, a, as an entrepreneur and my dad, actually, he's much smarter than I. I wish my dad was here. He's a Harvard educated lawyer. 
very, very bright guy. But he said the most impactful thing that he did as a very successful lawyer, he was Bruce, uh, Clarence Clemens, uh, Bruce Springsteen saxophone players, entertainment lawyer for 20 years. So like I grew up on the Tunnel of Love Tour. I was conceived on the Tunnel of Love Tour. And there's a running joke that if you Google young Bruce, he kind of looks like me. Dad, I, I still love you. You're still <laughs> my dad. But it, it just let me know because I want to pluck some hair. I, I mean, that man, he got a couple billions. And yeah. I mean, just... Put me in the will. No, but no, that's true. I did. I was conceived on the tunnel above toilet. But he said the most impactful classes that he took were not law classes. They were philosophy classes. So I was fortunate enough. I took, uh, I went to Hofstra, like I said. I was a little younger than Eugene. But a funny story about Eugene is now that we're on the Hofstra thing is he has always been an entrepreneur. And I've learned so much from him. He would uh, buy houses around Hofstra, the campus, and he would rent them out. But he had this one house. I, I didn't have a lot of money in college. Um, my parents are amazing, incredible, and they've taught me so much. And I'm actually glad they, they, I grew up, you know, middle-class, um, not ex- extraordinarily wealthy by any means, but I always have what I, I needed. They paid for my college. So I want to say that that's another thing. I ne- I didn't have debt. So I want to be very real about my story, but they cut me off in terms of other things. So I had a, I had a fend for myself. So I didn't have a lot of money and I didn't want to call them and, and, and ask for money. I wanted to do it on my own and learn, but I didn't have enough money for housing. And so I, was dating this girl at the time that was in a sorority. So I actually lived with her in her little room, a sorority, rent free. And I would I would sneak out when Eugene, because it was Eugene's house, Eugene Rem's house, full circle. Yeah. How crazy is that? He was the landlord. And Whoa. so I tell him that I work so hard with Rumble because I owe him so much money in back rent with like interest <laughs> accruing. I'm like, this is why I'm so committed. I was like, I owe you so much money. Thank you for buying this house and giving me a place. But talk about like, a founder story, like coming so full circle wild like that, but that's rumble. And that's like New York and that's life. And like the more, like, you know, all you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be like Pink Floyd situation. I try to get, get out there and like do as much and meet as much because you never know where that it's going to play out. So yeah. So I used to scam him for money and like used him, for the place him. but now we're business, but now we're business partners and I love him very much. And he's, he's just such a profound impact in my life. And um, he's obviously a genius and catches opening up everywhere. And uh, you know, Hillman believes in him, um, which is awesome because Tillman's a, a wonderful entrepreneurial mind and person. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, that's very funny. dude. I love yeah. that. I love it. All yeah. right. Where do people follow you? Where do people find out more about you? That's- Wait, I, we we got more. I feel like I should talk about the future too, because hey, yes. you know, I, just real quick before I, I give them the Instagram and stuff, I, I really wanted to talk about this this man that also contributed to probably saving my life because I, I really want to focus on the people. That's the most important thing that I can say. And if I, if you take one thing away from this, it is the people help you get where you need to go, but you can't be a parasite, right? Although that was a great movie. You can't, you have to always try at least to give more value than you, you take away. And when you have nothing to bring to the table, at least in terms of like financial, uh, financially bring your motivation, bring your good energy, bring your work ethic, bring your positivity, bring your consistency, bring that discipline to the table. So, and that that's free 99. That's that, that you could do that, whether you're Harvard educated or whether you didn't go to college or whether you're, you know, broke rich, that's, that's it. So this guy in Pittsburgh really saved my life. And we're another full circle moment is we're now launching a bunch. Why I moved out to LA is we have a bunch of businesses that we're launching in the medical testing space, preventative healthcare, uh, another gym concept, which I'm going to announce really soon, um, which is, is going to be much different than rumble, but another 
I'm hoping to build it to a 400, 500 um, locations relatively quickly. We have the business model all done and we're doing the branding now, which is exciting. But this guy, Danny White, um, it, you, he's the billionaire you've never heard of. And his story is actually really cool. He's based out of Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, but he has a bunch of ties to Pittsburgh, where I was from. So when I was going through this dark area in my life, I was fortunate enough to connect to him 13 plus years ago, where I did some work at nightlife in New York City. And when the 2008 housing crisis happened, that whole industry in New York City, the nightlife industry really took a big hit because you know, Lehman Brothers and the Enron boys, they were bringing their cards, spending $150,000, $200,000 a night entertaining clients and going crazy and the money was just flowing. And then overnight, it just stopped. Like literally overnight. So I was left with not having like a, a purpose because money was really tight at that at that moment. We were making a ton of money, but we were spending it a ton of money as well in this nightlife industry, as you do. Um, and so I moved, and my two very close family members were suffering really serious uh, diseases. I don't want to call them out, but like someone in my family had colon cancer. Someone in my family had a heart attack. So I was going through this crazy time. So I moved back to Pittsburgh from New York and that's when I got involved with drugs. And so one of the people that helped get me out of this was yes, that moment where my family was looking at me and, and looked disappointed or not disappointed, but scared and concerned. And I, I knew I had to make a change. The guy, Danny White, he was opening a nightclub and he was like, Hey, your reputation spoke for itself. You did all this work in New York City and nightlife. Um, I'm opening this club. Would you want to help me? And I said, of course, I had no purpose. I had nothing. I was depressed. I was doing drugs. Um, and he gave me that purpose. And his story, um, I got, I'm very fortunate I got to learn from him because he is a self-made entrepreneur. He is involved in aviation, uh, car washes, membership model car washes, this brand called 88 Tactical, which is like the top golf of gun ranges uh, based out of Omaha, Nebraska. It's a really cool concept. Um, what else? Uh, I said aviation. Uh, real estate. He builds construction. He's building up all of Omaha. He's like a young Warren Buffett. But he started, he had, talk about how your attitude determines your latitude. Like he started in New Jersey. He had a bucket and he would wash people's cars. And he would go around with this bucket and he would wash this, these people cars. And he um, washed, he was washing this rich guy's Mercedes or something. And he would always show up with great attitude. He would kill it. It would detail, would look perfect. And coincidentally, down the street, there was a car wash for sale. He couldn't afford it. But this, this guy goes, hey, you show up with such a great attitude. You kill it. So your product, your service is incredible. I'll buy this car wash for you. I'll float you the money and you run it because I see who you are. You've wow. never run a car wash before, but I see the kind of person you are. I see your work ethic. You've showed me. You haven't showed me a resume, a, C, a beautiful CV letter, like or cover or whatever. That I don't know. I don't look at them. I don't. I don't believe them. Show me who you are by what you do, by your actions, by your consistent actions. And so he got. He took this one car wash. Now Rocket Car Wash is worth a little over two billion. Oh damn! From a from a bucket. Dude. And a good, a good attitude from a bucket and a good attitude. And I got to learn from that. Damn. How lucky am I that I got Danny White in my life to learn from? And now, so I'm going to help him with 88 Tactical. Um, Rocket Car Wash is, is booming up everywhere. He owns auto groups as well, um, all over the country. And we're launching this preventative health care because all of us, uh, Danny and I, have been affected by the horrendous state of the healthcare system. It's just atrocious. I've seen it. And I'm from Pittsburgh, which has a really good healthcare system, but it's too expensive. Access is incredibly hard. 
It's just, it's, it's unobtainable to get good healthcare. So if we can create these clinics around the country that help people take care of themselves and look at it more uh, from a preventative approach, medicine and healthcare in the United States, especially um, is very kind of reactionary. Huh? Like if you get sick, yes. hey, I have, and even my, like uh, my dad will let me tell the story. Like he has uh, type two diabetes, but there was a stage when he was pre-diabetic and he's had a lot of complications because of the diabetes. But there was a stage when like he could have been, uh, a crisis could have been averted. He could have, doctors could have told him how to eat better, how to exercise more, but no, they just said, Hey, you got pre-diabetes. Okay. What do I do? And mm-hmm. then when he got diabetes now, ka-ching. You got to go get the healthcare. You got to get the insulin. You got to get all the drugs and you got to get the hospital system. So I don't know, hopefully nobody will put a hit out on us, but like, we're trying to change, change that system and, and make it so that, you know, everything about your body before mm-hmm. it even happens I so love you that. Know, and, and make it accessible. So membership model, anyway, you'll see that. And then this new gym concept, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then rocket, like I said, rocket car wash is just blowing up everywhere. Um, he was a pioneer in the, in the car wash industry with this membership model, especially, uh, city ventures is the company. Yeah. Um, I looked him up right now, dude. He's got a wiki. Oh, oh yeah. As he should. Oh, Danny, yeah. Danny he's Mike. a very, yeah. Danny White, he's a very, very interesting man and could not, again, just for the entrepreneurs in the building, he is a former pro European hockey player. Um, and so you want to talk about the like what's necessary to be a leader at the top. It's not necessarily being the smartest person in the room. Oftentimes, it's actually not. It's just about being able to see a team and almost being a, a coach. So he hires a lot of former military, former hockey players, especially because he knows the work ethic that they're going to produce. Maybe they don't have the Stanford ed- education, but they got the school of hard knocks kind of discipline. And I'd rather be surrounded by people like that, that have taken lumps and kept going and that know how to work on a team. Because again, if you're the smartest person in the world and you have the best vision in the world, I don't care who you are, you can't do all the work necessary to, to bring that vision to fruition. So again, the bottom of the line is chase relationships and not checks, focus on the product and not the profit and service to others as rent for our room here on earth. That's, that's like the three three key pieces um it's a rule of three it's lucky number in greek mythological lore dude Uh, all right so where do people follow you then um that's such a weird term follow i don't know where the hell where do people go find out more about no i know i'm just being i'm just being corny (laughs) um (laughs) we all have our our corny moments the cheesy trainer moment uh at noah d neiman uh n-e-i-m-a-n um yeah, there's pretty much it. Instagram, I try to uh, stay on top of it as much as I can. I'm no Jason Derulo. He's really good at that game. Uh, I do everything myself. And it's mainly just my dogs and like little motivational like tidbits or like what I'm doing with my life. Because again, I never wanted to be like this preachy kind of stand on a pulpit kind of guy. I just kind of like go about my day as an entrepreneur, as, as somebody who wants to be a good person and fights to be a good person and just kind of showcase my day. So mm-hmm. at Noah D. Neiman, if you want to connect, I should say. And uh, shoot me a message. Say what's up. I just, uh, I just followed you, man. I'll follow. Oh, you just wanted to follow back. That was it. That's why you told no, me. No, you know what? No, I'll go right here. I'm going right here. I'm going right here. I'm gonna follow you right back. I I interviewed um, Rachel Glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yes, and she talked about you guys, and she was. Well, she's and, incredible. Because I, I was following. I, I realized that I was already following Rumble Boxing because oh. of her. She was like, "Hey, you got shout, shout out Rachel." Yeah, I'm 
I think I got, yeah, I got a little equity in Gloss Lab. Um, so Gloss Lab is a membership model. Listen, it, if you can find a way to get recurring revenue in these membership models, especially now, especially in this climate, do it. If your business can can kind of support that system, do it. Because those are the only businesses that are really thriving right now, to, to be honest. Not all, but most. There's this membership-based model, touching back to Danny White and him being revolutionary and doing this. 10 years ago. Um, but Rachel Glass has Gloss Lab, which is the membership model uh, nail salon. So for like a hundred and something, yeah, hundred, actually my toes are painted right now. Um, yeah. When you can fight, you can, you can paint your toenail, you do whatever, whatever you, you want. Guys, do whatever you want. There, yeah. It doesn't matter. Let's live your truth. Um, so yeah, so sh- these locations are popping up everywhere, but you can definitely see the, the, the rumble influence on the wallpaper and kind of the, the wall of fame. But um Andy Stenzler is involved. My my co-founder and business partner in Rumble is also involved with Gloss Lab. And they just brought in, I don't want to misquote, uh, was it Massage Envy? Massage Envy. That that membership-based massage place. Uh, the former founder of that is they just got him on board to help scale. So again, it's it's the people, man. It's not just the like I, everything I've said right now has just been like, just be good to your people, take care of your people, build your network. And don't do it in like a corny, like I'm in the bathroom at Craig's and this like this dude comes up to me. I'm literally like shaking or something like like just done peeing like, hey, buddy, like, what do you do? And I'm like. Sir, <laughs> sir, so, but that but that's the thing is like not my name, not like, hey, nice to meet you. Not like, are you enjoying like your pee? Like, I don't know what you say in a bathroom. <laughs> to Although that would have been a great uh, line. I would, if he had asked that, like, hey, buddy. <laughs> How's that piss going? <laughs> I would have probably responded better than if this guy just You would have up, always remembered hey, that. So, so what do you do? I'm like, eh. um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So you got you got to be genuine and and, and disingenuine and and inauthenticity, especially in this age of social media and, and and it's just rampant. And like, I sniff that shit out. Um, I'm just around too many people to to fall for it. So be genuine, man. Like you got to genuinely love taking care of other people and making sure that what you're bringing to the world is going to make it a better place. Um, Cause then you'll feel good when your head hits the pillow at night. And there's like, you know, you got to learn to trade in, in human capital and emotional currency, probably, probably more so. Cause obviously money's important, but like you got to focus on those as well, especially emotional currency, you know? So, so true, buddy. That's so yeah, true. It's, and it's, I'm not saying any like profound principles. I'm just like, again, like what I've done since the beginning is I've doubled down on the basics because the basics work. That's what makes pro boxers so much better. It's not that they throw different punches. They're not octopus. They don't have extra arms, but they've just thrown the same punch over and over again. So they can't get it wrong. Not until they get it right. So they cannot get it wrong. So everything that they do, whether they're tired, they're fatigued, they got knocked down, they're dizzy, they're disoriented they rely on instinct yeah. and it's true. It's their, it's ingrained in their DNA and it's ingrained in their bone marrow and entrepreneurs are so, you know, not all of them again, I don't want to generalize, but they look for, how can I get rich now? How can I get money now? How that's can I get the first question? Can I get, right? Yeah. And all these like, like motivational speakers, that's what I'm saying. Like follow these 10 steps and get rich. It's bullshit. Because again, I could give you my playbook for how I built my business and could give you every word that I said, but you have different vocal cords. You have a different energy about you. You have different network. You have different people involved. You have a different sphere of influence. It's going to turn out completely different. So who am I to sit here and say, 
this is the steps you need to follow. I'm just talking about underlying principles of being a good citizen of this fucking earth so that it puts you in a better position to be the jockey that people want to bet on. Mm, that's true, man. That's true. I love this conversation, bro. Thank you. I have my, my moments. I've been hitting the head a lot. So sometimes it's hit or miss with me. So we got a good sometimes. Noah today. We got a good Noah. Thank God. You know, like I said, ADHD, you never know. It's <laughs> I like, listen, I have many personalities and I like all of them. I get along with all of them. So <laughs> you're friends with everyone. <laughs> friends with every single one. Oh, I love it, man. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it. 